What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 10 of the Track Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and we've just finished watching the Miami Grand Prix. We're here to talk about it. Not there's a whole lot to talk about, there's but we're here to do it. Nothing to talk about. We literally just finished watching it. Usually we save the podcast recording until Monday because yeah. it works out in our schedule. But with the race being in Miami this year, it also worked out that we could watch it in a, a time zone. Yeah. Like that like, made sense yeah. for us. You know, it was only two o'clock as opposed to 11 p.m. or 2 a.m. Yeah. So yeah, we we're like, might as well watch it together. This is also the first time that we've watched a race together. Yes, yes. And yeah. we were like live text when we watch it. I wish it was more of an exciting race. I know, because I would have liked to have seen some like live reactions. But yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> excitement doesn't need to be crashes and whatnot. I just want to reiterate that because no one wants that to happen ever. But excitement can be more than what we got today. So anyways, we've got a winner and his name is Mr. Max Verstappen. Are we shocked? No. No. Disproves my theory of leaving him off my predictions. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's literally nothing to say about that. I think it wasn't surprising that Max, starting from ninth, was able to work his way up. But what actually surprised me was the fact that he was on those hard tires Mm -hmm. for, what, 45 laps? 43? Like, he didn't pit until there was, like, only 10 10 or 15 laps left. Like, he... Yeah. It was, like, 10 laps for him to race, race Perez... To see who got uh, to take home the title, but that race didn't last very long at all. If we sound kind of down, bo- down, <laughs> boring right now, it's uh, because we are after that Ferrari finish. Yeah, I was really kind of banking on Charles and Carlos. Yeah. Where did they end up finishing? It was like Hamilton ended up beating or overtaking Charles. Yeah, so Carlos finished fifth, then Hamilton, then Charles finished seventh. Okay, yeah. So Hamilton split the Ferraris, which I didn't see coming at all. I was kind of impressed with Hamilton working his way up from 13th. I don't think that he had a particularly like ideal race. Obviously, starting from 13th was not what he wanted to do. Yeah. But, you know, he still managed to work his way up pretty well. And his pace was pretty consistent throughout. So that was impressive. But we're not like Mercedes fans. So not really. I don't hate Lewis. I like Lewis. No. I think that if... Max is taken out of the equation. Lewis is driver of the day. We were talking about yeah. this during the race. I, George, I'm happy for George. Okay, yeah. George finishing fourth. Yeah. I'm not like a George hater, and I also am not like rooting for him. Mercedes for me really? is... Really? I thought you really liked George. I like George as a, as a character. Okay. <laughs> he is a character. Everything George says and does is very entertaining. What did he say? That's how we roll? Yeah, that That's how, that's we, how roll. we roll. When he overtook, I think it was... Charles, I think. Either Charles or Carlos. He literally was like, that's how we roll. Oh, it was Carlos. It was yeah, a very... Right. A very George thing to say, yeah. 100%. But no, Mercedes is not, like, yeah, they're a good team, but they're not a team that I'm rooting for, whereas, like, I'm rooting for Ferrari and I'm rooting for Alpine. Yeah. Alpine disappointed me this weekend. Yeah. I know. You know what? There was so much promise there for Pierre today. And they waited too long to box Esteban, too. Yeah. I don't know. I was really confused by a lot of the driver strategies. And we're, and by no means professionals when it comes to this, but... Mm-hmm. They, I feel like they did wait a long time to box Esty, and mm-hmm. it just didn't work out in his favor. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what they were trying to do, but Pierre started fifth and then just dropped three places. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought the car was good. I thought the pace was good. It's just sad to see. Like, I'm really hoping for more. You know what? He wins best dress of the weekend. Oh my God. Him and Kika. Him and Kika looked fire. They coordinated their outfits, yeah. first of all. Yeah, you could tell. They're 
entrance to the paddock was just was top tier yeah. and usually lewis treats the paddock as a fashion show and you know what lewis looked good too lewis did look good you know who didn't look good charles and those tie-dye bleach don't even get me started about those bleached freaking tie-dye pants you know what <laughs> charles is actually a terrible dresser horrible. i'm just gonna say it horrible do you remember the wine pants he yep. had black pants with gla- glasses of wine all over them yep i you know what he just doesn't do it for me with how he dresses. It's a good thing he's pretty. Yeah. But I also wouldn't say Nico really blew me away. I know he had the sponsorship with Palm Angels this weekend, but Nico looked like a dad on vacation. He looked like, yeah, he looked like he was trying too hard to make the paddock his fashion show and it just did not turn yeah. out in his favor. Yeah, no. Max, I think it was just funny how Max literally wears the same thing every mm-hmm. day. The Red Bull shorts, or no, the Red Bull shirt and the shorts. Yeah. He doesn't care. No. And you know what? Checo doesn't really try either. No. Nope. And I appreciate that from yeah. them. They know their job. It's business as usual for them. Literally just here to race. And that's yeah. what, you know what? That's what they did. Yeah. I had asked Hannah when we were watching if they prioritized Max at the start or if they kind of switched strategies halfway through or if like, because it seemed like Checo was going to win because he started on the pole. He had the advantage. His pace is good. He's driving the exact same car as Max. But then when Max was slowly working his way up the grid, I was, I just personally, I was wondering, I'm like, do you think Red Bull switched the strategies to prioritize Max? I don't know. It's tough to say because their entire strategy was also confusing by not boxing Max till like lap 47 or whatever it was. And that really could have come back to bite them on the ass if Max didn't have such insane speed. It was a risk. And I understand why they did it. They wanted to extend the gap between, because Max was in the lead at this point. They wanted to extend the gap so there wouldn't be as much of a battle after the pit lane exit. There still was a bit of a battle, but within a lap and a half, Max had already gained over a second on Checo. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And uh, that little battle that lasted maybe like half of a lap between Checo and Max was probably the highlight of my race. Yeah. It was the most exciting part. <laughs> um, another thing we need to talk about the race was K-Megs keeping Charles behind. I don't know what. Yeah. That was good. Good on K-Megs. Good on K-Megs. He was really trying to get that Chipotle for everybody. <laughs> And he did. <laughs> and he did. He finished yeah. in the points with a point, right? Yeah. With yeah, he got one point. point. He got Chipotle for 10,000 people. Holy. Yeah. That's across the states, though, so it's really not that many, but. I guess. Yeah, I guess you just had to send in a code or whatever, yeah. and then you'd get a coupon. Yes, but yeah. I wonder if they'll do that for the rest of the American races. I think Chipotle is an American sponsor yeah. for just the American races. Mm-hmm. So I would assume so. Yeah. I think it's a fun marketing strategy. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. I've been at hockey games where they're sponsored by, like, restaurants and you get, like, free pancakes or something. It's always fun. Yeah. I think it was just none of us expected K-Megs to be putting up such, like, a defensive battle. So when Charles was actually struggling to get past, I didn't have thoughts. I know. Like, it's Charles and a Ferrari. And I get it. Haas is they buy essentially everything that they can from Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So it's, I don't want to say it's a similar car, but they have similar units, like, similar power. Yeah. It just shocked me. Yeah. I know, I saw a tweet that said that at the beginning of the year, we were hoping for Ferrari to be racing with Red Bull, and now we're racing with the Haas. And I... Oh, voice crack. (laughs) Lance had a bit of a voice crack on one of the radio messages. Did Did you catch it? I caught it. I don't remember which message it was. I think it was when he was complaining. He was like, what is going on? Tell me what's going on. You know what? I will say that Aston Martin gives the best radio messages. Like Fernando Alonso saying, yeah. where's Lance at? Like checking in on his little brother. Then he said, he said, that was a great move at turn one. Ugh. It's like, is he what? He's in P3 right now. 
Like, yes, that there's a 14 second gap between him and Checo, so he's not really like. But how? What are you watching in but there? What it, I know. This is what I mean. Like, how does he see that? Maybe there is was. He watching the race? Maybe. Because they have the big screens all around the track. Because if there's no one in front of him, no one behind him, he's not fighting. He's no, literally. No, exactly. Yeah. Like, the, and whoever was behind him was like eight seconds behind. So, so there really wasn't a, a fighting opportunity for Fernando on either end. So I don't blame him for like glancing up, taking a look if Lance was on that screen and. But I just thought it was cute how, yeah. you know what, there's that brother energy. And it just, yeah. oh, I love it so much. Yeah. It makes me happy. I know. Lance's yeah. position did not make me happy. He finished, what, 12th? Speaking of Lance, <laughs> Emma has something to announce. <laughs> this is something she shared with me just before we started recording, so. I have decided if Lance Stroll gets a podium before silly season, I will get a Lance Stroll tattoo. Do you think it's actually going to happen? Do you hope it happens? I hope it happens I mean, I have to, I just, yeah, I don't so know. As much as we are merch girls, we are also like tattoo your body with um, things you love girls. Yeah. Emma has Marvel. Tattoos all over. Tattoos. Taylor Swift tattoos. I have, we both, we have, both have Taylor Swift tattoos. Yeah. I want to get a Harry Potter tattoo. Me too. And so what else? I mean, An why F1 not? tattoo. Lance Stroll. But if he gets a podium, I will get a tattoo. A Lance Stroll tattoo. Not his face. Good God, not his face. No. It'd probably be like an 18 or something. Yeah, I Put another 18. number on me, you know? I like that. An 18 with like a um, like a flag outline or like the maple leaf outline around it. I don't hate it. I can design something. Yeah. Anyway, so Lance, get this a podium. on you. Yeah. Get a podium. on him. I think he can do it. Ball's in his court at this point. And silly season starts this year after which race? Belgium. 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 Spa. July 30th is the last race before the silly season. That is, what month is it? May. That's almost three months that Lance has to... That's a good number of races for for it to happen. I'd like to be clear, I'm only getting one tattoo. If he gets more than one podium, congratulations, first of all. But (laughs) (laughs) just the one tattoo. Yes, yeah. We'll make it happen. I would do it. Well, for the plot, I hope this happens. We'll see. I hope it does. Okay, we went right into the race, but I feel like we need to talk about the pre-race show. We're going backwards this week. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Race, pre-race show, quali, and then that's... uh, That's about it. About it. But... Just because the race is so fresh on our minds right now. Yeah. The pre-race show, we need to talk about it. Oh, the pre-race show. We need to talk about it. I'm sorry. I missed it because I was heading over to Emma's place. (laughs) Um, She wanted to save it to watch it with me, so we watched it actually after the race. I'm just, like, astounded. So usually before a race, they'll do a driver's parade. Yep. And this is before, this is like well well before the drivers have to get in their car, yeah. well before they have to get suited up. Um, they'll do a driver's parade, wave at everyone in the grandstands, and then that's it. And yeah. then you don't see the drivers again. Maybe someone will catch them for an interview in the paddock, like in the garages before they need to do anything. Yeah. Very unlikely, but it's it happens. But you usually don't see the drivers again until they're in the cars or getting ready to go in the cars. Miami? Good God. This is so American. uh, I, Miami decided to have, after the driver's parade, an orchestra come out onto the track. They set up- Don't forget the conductor was Mr. Will I Am, none other than- Literally what? LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Yeah. Introduced the drivers one by one. They came out of this randomly built temporary stage kind of thing that had their names on the background as they came out. And like, what? It was like announcing fighters. Like, it was like fighters- Maybe like, that's what maybe that's, that's what Jake, what Jake Paul, Paul was referring to. Yes. So oh before the race, also Jake Paul said that he loves the sport. He thinks it's got lots of technical aspects, just like boxing, boxing, boxing. And you know what? No. We're gonna get to it later. But like, this is what I mean when I'm talking about like TikTokers slash influencers who just shouldn't be there. He is one of them. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get there. 
But yeah, so they introduced LL. Maybe cool that's J. what they meant. Jake Paul. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really was like a. They're introducing. Like boxers. an introducing mm-hmm. a fighter type deal. And it was just so uncalled for, so weird. Trying to make a spectacle out of it. They didn't need to. That's the, the biggest thing. The drivers were also confused, they, which is the funniest part. The only one who was really on board with it was Logan Sargent. Well, shocker, he's American. Yeah, in he his knows home race. What the shit, he, he knows that they do this. He was also the only driver to say something into the mic, saying, America, let's see that energy, or something yeah. so American. Yeah. Every other driver just, like, waved and walked off. Yuki was confused. Nick wanted to get the hell out of there. Oscar, when he was walking out, Hannah pointed out, he's taller than we thought. Yeah, but we're, we're we're not we're not gonna get we into can't it. go back into height gate. We're done with that. I will say he was standing beside Yuki, so that could have something to do with no, my but comment. Even, but he did look tall. Yeah, he did look tall when Esteban walked out. He was introduced as Pierre's childhood friend turned rival turned teammate. Yes, who who said that was like a good idea? For were him they to even say? friends before they started racing? I don't know. Like, just, is this literally just because they're both French? They grew up yeah, okay. in Normandy. Um, they started racing together when they were younger. But I don't know if they were actually friends or it was just because they were together literally since childhood. <laughs> like, there are some people in my life I've known since childhood. They're not my friend. Like, Yeah, and this is what I mean. Uh, whatever. I, I That was... I'm sick of it. It was this, just weird. The, so, the American races try to make this, like, spectacle. They try to, like make it so fun and interesting because they're used to like fights and hockey and football and baseball and basketball. And that's what they do, what they try to turn these events into. And it just doesn't work in my opinion because I will say the drivers don't know what's going on. Yeah. The drivers don't know what's going on. I will say that circuit of the Americas, it's been around for a while and they usually have fun with it. My friend pointed out that there were cheerleaders at Miami and I'm like, that's normal for America because there's always the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. They're always at at Coda. Yeah. And you know what? I don't even think it was as bad at, Coda. No, 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 no. Maybe it's because Daniel Ricardo always like fed into it, yeah. right? Like you always knew that like no matter what Coda asked him to do, Danny was going to participate. Yeah. And I do think Danny would have thrived in today's driver he, intro. Well, he was there. I know he was there, but if they were announcing yeah. him, I think he would have had way more fun with it. But I saw a tweet that said if Max retires before 30 years old, it's because of this the driver intro. And I don't think that they're wrong because what the heck? They didn't want to be part of it. No. A lot of them, you know how you get introduced and then you walk out? Yeah. A lot of them literally had passed the orchestra by the time that LL Cool J had announced their name. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? They, Anyways. <laughs> they were like, well, and especially because it was right before the race started too. Yeah. Like they had to, they were already all in their driver suits. They were literally about to get in the car. Like imagine what that does to a driver's head. Yeah. They already have their pre-race rituals. I don't know. Like just speaking from personal experience, as Hannah mentioned last week, she's a cheerleader. No. As Whoa. <laughs> Hannah's not a cheerleader. Hannah's a soccer player. Yes. But I was a cheerleader. And if something happened, minutes before we had to go and perform like if a, the schedule got changed and a team yeah. had to go on before us or anything You'd that literally so thrown off yeah yeah like and it's just it's i don't know so i wonder how the if that maybe affected some of the drivers races maybe anyways we were over it we'll see this times a thousand in vegas i'm sure well maybe vegas is gonna see how horrible this was and they might be like okay we can't do that but here's the thing there's so much backlash for it so but the backlash is coming from European slash tenured F1 fans that know that this is not what an F1 race looks like. I am not European or a tenured fan and I'm giving it backlash. But you, okay, <laughs> okay, that's fair. But you, you were introduced to the sport before it was trying to be Americanized, I guess, I think. Yeah, and there have been a lot of new fans that just started, yes. or just got into the sport within 
in between the 2022 season and now. Yeah. So maybe they appreciated this. You right. Know? This is what I mean. Like, yes, the back there is the backlash. That's what we're seeing. But that's because the people that we follow are people who like Will Buxton and people like Martin Brundle, those guys who like don't actually care about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Although Martin Brundle did an awesome grid walk again. He's just the best. But maybe there is a market for these new young American fans that really do like this stuff. I don't know. So if it was successful for Miami, I'm happy, I guess. Oh, I will like to say that also during the pre-race show, uh, they talked about F1 Academy. Oh, did and they? And they talked that. about the winners and the results and what happened during F1 Academy because they also raced this weekend. Not yeah. in Miami, but, B-O-M. you know, that is a little bit of marketing and broadcasting for the girlies. I yeah. appreciate it. I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, of course, there was no way for us to watch F1 Academy, yeah. but that's another story. I think that might be it for the pre-race show that I can think mm-hmm. about. Want to move on to quality? Okay, I just want to say... Logan, I just felt so bad for him. Yeah, yes, a thousand percent. But it's funny because, you know, he started 20th in his home race. And, like, it's just, it was heartbreaking to watch. I wish he'd started a little bit higher. I would not have this sympathy for Oscar if he started 20th in Australia. I was thinking about it. Like, Australia already happened, and I didn't even care about where Oscar finished. Something about Logan, I don't know, is he, like, melting my cold heart? Like, <laughs> I think I just, I I want to see him succeed. I want him to prove that he deserves to have a space in yeah. F1. A lot of people say he doesn't. I was, I was one of those people. I also was one of those people. And so I am, I am rooting for him to, you know, do something to get points to show that he does deserve that seat. So watching him finish qualifying last mm-hmm. and then watching him not even do anything in the race and also finish last, like it just, uh, it was just painful to watch. Yeah. I do think it's because as a team, I enjoy Williams and I don't really enjoy McLaren anymore. I don't like- I do like Lando, but but yeah. Zach Ugh. and Oscar and everything that happened last year, I don't appreciate for Danny Rick's sake. So I maybe, maybe that's why I do like Logan a little bit more just because I like Williams- um, but yeah, I totally agree. Felt bad for the kid. Yeah, that was it. I just felt bad. He really wanted to succeed and do something in his home race yeah. and he just didn't. Was this the first race with no DNFs? I think it was. No DNFs, no, no yellow, yellow flags, flags, no red flags, literally nothing. Yeah. It was boring. Yeah. We went on live on TikTok. Otherwise we would have fallen asleep. Yeah. And you know what? If the race like normal had been at like 7 or 8 a.m. like it usually is for us, I probably would have fallen asleep. I just would have turned it off. Yeah. Like it was, there was nothing. There's nothing. I've said before, qualifying is more exciting than the races. And that was true this weekend. Yeah, that was totally true. Qualifying was uh, interesting. I actually did watch practice highlights this week. I know. So you saw Charles crash in one spot in in practice and then crash again in the exact same spot in Q3. Yeah, I did. So because Charles caused a red flag during qualifying, during the last session of qualifying, they stopped the session. And that does happen if there's not a lot of time left. Yeah, there was only a minute and 53 seconds left, but that minute and 53 seconds meant that Max didn't get another lap. Nope, Max started from ninth. Max started from ninth. Well, actually, it actually screwed over pretty much the entirety of Q3 because everybody, like, the we started off with Checo first. Yeah. And then Carlos and Fernando or Fernando and then Carlos. Carlos. Because I know it was an all Hispanic top top three, three, which was also pretty cool. But there's just a total shakeup. Pierre started fifth. Nico, or um, K-Megs. K-Megs started sixth. Fourth. Fourth? K-Megs started fourth. Oh, I thought it was sixth. Oh, my God. Nope. Fourth. Which, so a lot of times during qualifying, they'll put out uh, one lap. Especially in Q3, they'll put out one lap and then they'll go back, do it again, put out a second lap, they'll get better times. 
Max was not able to set a better time. Yeah. And then that red flag happened. So he was stuck in the spot where he got, like, mm-hmm. where he finished. So and that happened to be ninth. Did that matter to him? No. No. Not at all. He could start from literally the pit lane. Wait a minute. Yeah. We've and, said this. And, and that would in. be a fair race. Like, Not fair. It is fair. It, it would be fair. Technically. But that would be more of an interesting race to watch Max go from P20 every race. Honestly, <laughs> We've said that before. I just want to see a P20 start for Max and see what he can do. Yeah. That's it. Or put Max in a different car. Yeah. That would never happen. No. They would never put him in a different <laughs> car. But I said to Hannah, I would love to put these drivers in indie cars yeah because we know that indie cars they're more similar in the mechanics and the build they have pretty much the same parts coming from the same manufacturers mm-hmm. so it's based off driver skill i want to know what would happen if you put those 20 drivers in indie cars yeah you I know i'd love to see that like we see roman grosjean yeah he's succeeding right now in indycar he was not one of the best drivers in formula one but he's he's doing pretty in good. In fact, he was like probably one of the worst. Well, he was also on Haas, and that's the he thing. He was on Haas. Haas yeah. was not a good car, yeah. not a good team those years. Yeah. So to same see thing him. with Marcus Erickson. He's yeah. also really excelling in IndyCar, yeah. and that was someone Be- else who really wasn't making it in F1 because it's based off driver skill. Yeah. And it's so hard to prove yourself as a driver in Formula One when all of these cars are so different. Like you can really only work with what you have. Yeah. And then you also have to work against what everyone else has. Yeah. And then also, let's throw in DRS chains in there. You can't do anything with DRS chains. Yeah. That was happening quite a bit today. There was at one point 10 cars in a DRS train. We were like, what's each going other. on here? Like, you, can't, you can't fight. Uh, I will say, like, Lewis did make some really good overtakes. Yeah. So, again, he should have got driver of the day. I don't actually know who got driver of the day. I don't know. Day. We didn't watch that far. Nope. We literally were like, okay, we're done. Max one? Great. We could turn it off. Yeah. We're done. We got a podcast to record. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Oh, we need to talk about Carlos having a five-second penalty for speeding in the Yeah, that is the only other thing in the yeah. race that we didn't touch on. Um, Carlos got a five-second penalty now for, we're touching on it. <laughs> for uh, speeding in the pit lane, and it didn't affect his standings because the nope. gap between him and Lewis, Lewis was, I think, eight seconds. So. It was eight seconds by the end of it, so Carlos was fine. I just, I don't understand how speeding in the pit lane is possible because they literally, I said it before with Esteban, that first race, they have a button on their controller that says... Or you press it and they're restricted to the pit lane speed. How do you go over that when it's literally set for the pit lane speed? Yeah, I don't I know. know. I don't understand it. I don't know. I'd I, love to know though. Like that's just what confuses me. And yeah. I know there's a lot that goes on in the mechanics of the car, but I just like, I don't understand. I don't understand it. I did not like this race. No. I had high hopes. Oh, I had such high hopes. Like I said on our bonus episode, Miami is literally my second favorite race of the year no. because of the vibes. I just need to say, I just think it's so funny. I'm going to touch on the influencers here that they were promoting this race, you know, hopefully getting people to watch this race. This was probably the worst race of the season so far for people to watch and like get into the sport. Like it was boring. You know, do you know what I mean? Hey, I've said a lot this week. Hannah's staying (laughs) quiet now. (laughs) About influencers in the paddock. Um, I think this, that might be a little bit of like poetic justice a little bit. That this is the race that they chose to spend all this money and sending in these yep. influencers to. Because as F1 fans, we couldn't even watch it. Yeah. Hardly. Never mind someone who doesn't know the sport. Um, See, whereas if, like, if there was actually stuff that was going on, more overtakes, potential yellow flags, mm-hmm. more of a fight between the drivers, it would be more interesting as a viewer to watch because it's it's exciting. Yeah. So, okay. There's a podcast called Pardon My Take. Some of you might know about it. It's from Barstool. And there's two guys who were interviewing... I just want to say, we're not sponsored by Barstool. Did no. you see that comment? Someone was like, 
I would love to support you guys, but you're sponsored by Barstool. Because, because of, I was wearing the hat? Because of the Barstool Stop hat. Stop it. Oh my God. And I commented back and I was like, nope, we are not we sponsored are by anyone. We literally not. I wore the Call Her Daddy hat because it was bright pink and that was the vibes I wanted to give off for Miami Race Week. So I just thought that was so funny. I was like, we are not That's affiliated hilarious. with Barstool. Okay, well, let me talk about Barstool for one sec. Go for it. <laughs> um, again, not affiliated with them. Max and Checo did an interview with Pardon My Take and they have before and Pardon My Take has actually interviewed like Daniel Ricardo too and for some reason... That's a podcast that these drivers do feel comfortable going on. So I like to listen to it when they do. So they they interviewed Max and Checo and Big Big Cat, who runs the podcast for the most part, he actually asked Max, he's like, do you think that you're bad for the sport? Like he was joking, but he's like, do you think you're bad for the sport because you're too good? Like, have you ever considered being a little more, a little slower just so that this would be more interesting for everybody? And, you know, because the interview was like more satirical in nature and it was by two Americans, I think Max and Checo didn't really understand a lot of the jokes Mm. that were that were kind of involved in the interview, but I thought that was so funny. And you just said like, it wasn't as interesting. It's almost like Max needed to just chill out yeah, for a sec. Or yeah. Red Bull as a whole, just chill out. Just Make chill it out. a little bit more interesting for us. But anyways, That's pretty I just funny. thought that was funny. Oh, um, I want to talk about the actual layout of the Grand Prix. Or not, I guess not the Grand Prix, but the paddock. Mm-hmm. It was inside the stadium. Yeah, very weird. Compared to last year when it was outside the stadium. And I tried to look into if that was on purpose or not. I know that a lot of the paddock, like the mobile homes, what they call it, or motorhomes, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They were like squished. It wasn't very thought out last year. And this year they decided to have it inside the actual stadium instead of having it outside. And I don't know if that was on purpose or if it was because Miami's infrastructure was not too good because there was a lot of flooding early on in the year mm-hmm. and they just had, they were restricted on what they could do, mm-hmm. whereas they can control what's going on inside the stadium. So I tried to look into it. I didn't find anything that would give like a definitive reason as to why they switched it from outside to inside. I was kind of hoping that it was because they realized they had horrible infrastructure. I was on I was not that I was rooting for like Miami to have a bad race weekend, but you know, we see it with Miami and honestly Vegas right now, they are definitely rushing to have yeah, these yeah. like tracks set up and these paddocks set up. But no, it was inside the stadium, which was I actually think it worked out quite nicely for it them. It did too. But I wonder if it was just to make more grandstand seating. Well, it was included. Okay, this is what I thought was so cool. When you bought a ticket to the Grand Prix, it came with access to the like upper stands of the stadium. Yeah, I did. So see the that. fans were able to actually go and like see from above what was going on, which is so cool. It's pretty cool. You yeah. don't usually see what's going on in the paddock areas. It's so closed off. You couldn't go down and yeah. see what was going on, but to get like a kind of a bird's eye view. I respect it. Yeah. It was kind of, you know, you never see that before. Yeah, so Miami that's cool. Miami was trying something new and I liked that part. I liked it. The whole point of this viewing was to create a better experience for the fans. Mm -hmm. But I just want to point out that that experience for the fans, like this little viewing spot, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it was like a good experience altogether. Mm -hmm. We had someone reach out to us who actually attended Miami last year and this year. And I'm just going to read a few few things of what they said regarding Mm -hmm. their experience. She said that if you're not paying... Uh, like the luxury prices or to be in the paddock or if you weren't invited personally, you don't matter to the Grand Prix. You don't matter to the venue. That's how it felt? Yeah. Interesting. It seems like the rules don't apply to these influencers, these celebrities, like what type of bags they are allowed to bring in. You know, like it's it's tight security for these fans. But I mean, I'm not surprised that that security mm-hmm. doesn't apply to people that were invited like these mm-hmm. celebrities. When you're a celebrity, you get perks. So that's yeah. like not really surprising. 
Um, the entire campus area is crowded. There's lines everywhere. There's more shade this year than last year, but still not enough for South Florida. Uh, she's seen people get sick and like from have- like heat exhaustion? Yeah, from heat oh, exhaustion. Okay. It feels like the weekend has become more of a three-day festival for the rich and famous rather than have it as an F1 race. She said that it's nice that this race is close to home for me, but I'd rather spend my money and go to Europe. That's so interesting that you say that because, so I was working yesterday. I didn't tell you this yet actually either. And there was this really well-dressed gentleman and he was wearing a Mercedes Patronus like sponsor jacket. Nice. So I was running him through and I was like, oh, are you um, a Mercedes fan? And he's like, yeah, I um, I work for Tommy Hilfiger. So like kind yeah. of by default I am. And I said, oh, no way, me too. Like, wouldn't it be nice to be in Miami this weekend? And he said that, first of all, this is just a throw in. He said that he's only been in one race ever and it was Montreal and he was actually a guest of Tommy Hilfiger. So he sat in the Mercedes uh, Silvero um, box, which is crazy. Anyways, and this guest also told me that he now is looking into going to races in Amsterdam and Belgium because it's actually cheaper for him to fly to Europe and get tickets there and actually have more of an experience than going to Montreal or to Miami or to Vegas. Mm -hmm. While they're closer, it's a worse experience for a genuine F1 fan. And also he was saying that a lot of the races, and we knew this, like lots of tracks are like two hours out of a city and it's really difficult. And this does does not apply to Montreal. Like in my own experience, it was very easy to get to the track. I don't know. And Vegas is gonna be in the city. I don't know about Miami. It was in the city too, so I'm sure it was fine, but that a lot of races you have to travel like two to three hours outside of of where you're staying to get there. And there's like not many accommodations for like shuttle services or like making sure that people are getting to and from. And I mean, you're there all day, like it's your people are drinking. And so he said that being in going and staying in Amsterdam, it's a quick train to Zandvoort track. And that's what he's looking at doing next, just because it's so much easier for the everyday fan to do so when you're not being invited by Sir Tommy Hilfiger um, every race. So it was very interesting. This is not the first time I've heard of it being cheaper to fly overseas to go to a race. Yeah. Because the tickets are cheaper, accommodation, there's probably more accommodation. Yeah. Whereas there's one, we said this, there's one race in Canada. Yeah. They can set the price however they want. Yeah. And whereas the United States, it's a party. Yeah. You know, I want to, I'm curious to see how Circuit of the Americas and how Vegas will do. Yeah knowing how Miami went yes. like they might they're probably gonna look at what happened like they're probably gonna look at the backlash probably gonna look at you know just the weekend in general and they might make some improvements mm-hmm. I honestly who knows about Vegas like Vegas is a party city and I, Vegas is also brand new so there's just yeah. gonna be growing pains there in general like just yeah. kind of even they can take as much information from Miami and from Coda as they want but they still might have to work out some kinks just because because of the location and I just want to say one more thing about your, the comments that we received from the, um, the guest at Miami. I think it's, this is kind of what I was trying to get to when I gave my influencer rant in the first place was that I, I didn't want people to feel exactly like how she felt where if you are not given paddock passes or there as a marketing strategy, you're not important, which is exactly how she felt. Yeah, That's just really unfortunate to me because... It is sad to watch these people be given those passes and hang out in the paddock and be given these opportunities and they're not even really fans. Whereas a real fan, like this, I say real, a longtime fan, like this person that messaged us has been last year and this year on her own dime and feels like she's not seen or heard at all and that she's not important. Mm -hmm. And that was really 
you know, kind of the main idea behind my influencer rant. That's the last thing I'm going to say about it on this podcast, just because I've talked enough about it. But I hope this person has a better experience at the next races that they attend. And I hope that no one else felt that way, just because I, that's really sad for, for F1 fans. It's unfortunate because, you know, F1 is obviously a very prestigious, like it's a rich person sport. Yeah. We know this. Yeah. But the whole idea of bringing in the Drive to Survive Netflix crew was to bring in more fans, which they've done successfully. But now they're like forgetting about the fans. Yeah. And it's more about like how much attention can we get? How much can we spread this? Like how many more races can we fit into the schedule? Like they're really trying to push the absolute limits with Formula One. And then they're... It just seems like the fans are being forgotten about. Yeah, I and totally agree. with any company, it's always a money grab. Yeah. You know, companies, Formula One, venues, brands, they want to make money. And I get that. But at the same time, like, where would you be without the fans that watch mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. You know? And the longtime fans, too. Yeah. Like, it's unfortunate. I hope that this backlash is shared. Yeah. I hope that, you know, people that saw our video and other videos this week consider that. Yeah. And we're not, I want to point this out real fast. We are not trying to gatekeep Formula no, One. No, The more people we can get into the sport, the better. Like we're here to educate. That's literally the point of doing this podcast is to, is to bring, convert people. Yes. <laughs> like we want people to love Formula One. Yeah. So it's, it is hard to see that the people who do love Formula One don't get, don't even get to experience it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, any celebrities, any influencers that did go to the race, God, I hope they learned something. Mm-hmm. I hope they have a new appreciation for the sport. I hope they speak highly of it too. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it for, I think we'll probably ixnay on the influencer stuff yeah. now. Yeah, till Vegas. I'm sure there'll be so much more to say in Vegas, but yeah. We'll yeah. see. Anyways. I think that's about it for talking about Miami. Mm-hmm. Usually, again, we wait till Monday to record. So there might be more stuff that comes out after the race and the post-race interviews um, even in, like later on this week that unfortunately we're just not gonna be able to address, you know, we record once a week. Yeah. We miss out on some stuff. You know, yeah. the, the bonus episode we did last week was really helpful to connect with our listeners and to share a bit more information. But, uh, reality of it is like, we're not going to address everything. We yeah. just can't. Yeah, that's true. But we can address Brad Pitt. Yes. In Silverstone. Yes. Yeah, lots of information has come out about this new movie that, uh, Lewis Hamilton is actually helping to produce. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt's going to star in. Um, I have thoughts about that, but they're just, uh, honestly, <laughs> I just wanted to see someone younger in a Formula One movie, but it's well, what it is. Well, there is, because it's about Brad Pitt playing a driver who comes out of retirement to race alongside a rookie. Oh, okay. So Brad Pitt is the older driver in this. If they make Timothy Chalamet the no, rookie, no, no, I'm going to die. No, the, the cast is out for it. Hang on. Um, Damson Idris okay. will be playing the younger driver. Okay. I assume he's playing the, the rookie. So he's young. He's, I mean... 31 years old, which is a lot younger than Brad Pitt. Yeah. We don't know the exact storyline of this movie, obviously, but we do know that it was announced that Brad Pitt was... Okay, this is where... this. Remember when I said last week, don't believe everything you read on the internet? This is one of them. (laughs) Because people saw the headline saying Brad Pitt to race alongside Formula One drivers. Yeah, and I think people took that as, oh my God, he is going to race with them in the race, the actual F1 race. He is not. That's just not the truth. He's not even driving an F1 car. Yeah. You can't, like, you cannot drive an F1 car unless you have the, a super license. Super license, Brad Pitt doesn't have that. Like, F2 drivers, F3 drivers, they also don't have super licenses. And to be able to move on to F1, they need to gain a certain number of points in their, whatever series that they're in to get that super license. So, 
Brad Pitt is not driving an F1 car. He's driving a modified F2 or F3 car. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a modified version of one of those cars. He will be driving at the Silverstone race like that weekend, but he is not going to be participating in any sessions. He will be on the track during like the breaks. So in between the, like, the yeah, actual... Yeah, because they need the fans in the stands yes. and the, the atmosphere of the whole race yeah. and everything. But yes, no other cars will be on the track with Mr. Brad for his safety, for their safety. For the because the memes safety. have been hilarious and they're just, yeah, they're, they're taking it too far because it's just not true. Yeah, I know Mercedes has had a bit of a say on the modified car that he will be driving, but in no way does it affect the actual Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton. Like, this is a project that Mercedes, like, AMG Patronus... Oh, my God. How do you pronounce that team? Patronus. Mercedes AMG Patronus. Patronus? Yes. F1. Yeah. You sound exactly like Lewis in the beginning of Drive to Survive because he's... Remember when he came out and he's like, hey, I drive for Mercedes, and they're like, no, no, no. No. No, no, no. Mercedes Patronus F1 team. You the AMG. Shit. It's a long name. Um, this is a project that they have taken on aside from F1. So they are not connected to each other. Yeah. The production, obviously, like, Lewis is very much involved. Yes, yeah. He wants to see an accurate storyline. Because, honestly, like, the worst thing is when you watch a movie and you're, like, and you have experience in that field and you're, like, this is inaccurate. Yeah. So Lewis, that's what Lewis's yeah, job is Yeah, he's advising there. it. He's mm-hmm. executive producing, I believe. He's, like really really involved in it which is why mercedes is too yeah so that that's that brad pitt is not driving an f1 car he's not driving practice sessions he will probably be at more races moving forward though like after silverstone yeah just because you know they like the production crew they need the shots of the actual race atmosphere like yeah you can cgi stuff for sure but i'm sure it's just much easier to get a production crew in and like film the actual race especially when you're literally given an opportunity to do so like I've been in uh, at F1 quality and there is a 45 to an hour minute break between practice or FP3 and quality yeah. and which most people are just sitting around and they're watching a track that has nothing going on. So, so like, be, why not? It'd be interesting as a fan to watch, you know, yeah, I guess. see what's I going hope on. That, but what I really hope is that, and they do a good job of this with movies, is that like the storyline isn't like spoiled, if that makes sense. Yeah. But we should watch it in theaters and do a review of it when it comes okay. out. Pos- this is like a long time ago. It's it's not going to be out for a hot minute, but yeah, I agree. That would be so much fun. Yeah. I'm excited for the movie. You know, uh, it's same director as Top Gun. Yeah. Maverick. And I, I love, love Top, Top Gun, Gun Maverick. Maverick. Yeah. Oh my God. The funniest thing from, sorry, I just thought of Top Gun. The funniest thing from this weekend, I think, uh, I think it was Martin Brundle. I'm going to go with Martin Brundle. Um, Cause I'm not, I don't really watch the pre-race shows. I just heard about it after was Martin Brundle was like talking to Sky Sports, the camera and saying something like, I was told not to go talk to Tom Cruise, but that hasn't stopped me before. And like, oh, yeah, that's for sure. Martin Brundle, just, like, by, that, just by that uh, description, that's for sure. Exactly so I right. just thought that was so funny <laughs> that, I mean, obviously Tom Cruise is there. How could like, why would they tell him not to talk? I just want to know what goes, no, you know, you know what? I, know. I believe it. Cause I think Tom Cruise is a bit of a weirdo. I know Tom Cruise is a bit of a weirdo. So he probably, <laughs> his team were probably the ones to be like, we're not doing interviews. Like, yeah. we're here as guests. We're not doing interviews. But Martin Brendel does what Martin Brendel wants. So funny. And he honestly gives me life every time he does the grid walk before the before the race. I'm so excited to see him in Coda and in Vegas. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. As for Wags, this weekend we actually saw more than expected. Um, we saw Kelly, Tiffany, who is Valtteri Bottas' girlfriend. Um, we saw Eggle. Yes. That's it. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we saw Kika. 
we saw Lily and... Did you say Kelly already? Was that the first one? Yeah, Kelly was the first one. Carmen, of course. How could I forget? We saw Carmen. We saw Checo's wife. Corolla, yeah. We also saw Danny, Rick, and Heidi. Yes. Oh my God, yeah, I know. People don't really talk about Danny, Rick, and Heidi anymore on like the F1 like WAG accounts because he's not technically a driver driver anymore. But like we love um, Danny and Heidi and the fact that they like kind of hid their relationship for so long. If you don't know, Daniel Ricardo is dating someone named Heidi Berger. Her dad is a former F1 driver, I believe. I think so. And uh, something with motorsports. Yeah, definitely involved in motorsports. And they kind of, they've been together for a little while, but they were keeping it a secret for a long time. And And then I think people kind of put it together when like a clip, Danny posted something on his Instagram at a race. I don't know, sometime last year. And like, there's a shot of Heidi in the background for half a second. And people were like, oh, they're dating. Yeah. That, and they were right. We were right. They were dating. So it was cute, cute to see them. I liked them. Yeah. I wish we got more Danny Rick content this, like... Me too. I was kind of surprised. Although, you could hear it when his <sighs> face was shown on camera in the pre-race show. Like, the, the crowds went crazy. People he's, love Danny he's Rick. He's a favorite. That's all we want. We just want to see Danny Rick. So it's nice. I think he'll definitely be at Coda. He'll definitely be at Vegas. Yes. Um, will he be at the next race in Imola? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say no. No? Probably save it for Monaco? I would, yeah, you'll for sure see him in Monaco. But yeah, that is the next race though, Imola. They're going to Italy. Like one month too soon. <laughs> if if there was enough one race while I was there, while I'm going to be there, I'd... You'd go? I'd have to. Like, yeah. I'd literally have to. And my family would too, because they're into it. But... But there's not. But there's not. I know. We're going like one month too late. That's okay. Um, Imola is actually not my favorite Italian race. Monza is. But still fun. So we've got the posters up. We do. Still so much fun. I love seeing any Ferrari home race. Imola will be the first Ferrari home race of the year, which we all know with home races comes expectations and under high expectations, Ferrari does not usually do well. We'll talk more about how Ferrari has performed at Imola. I'm sorry. I just need to say they're going to Italy. Next race is Monaco. Yeah. The next race is Spain. Oh, okay. This is huge for Ferrari. These drivers have so much on their shoulders because Ferrari's home race, Charles's home race, and then Carlos's home race. Yeah, yeah. That's I didn't I didn't put that together until right now. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on high expectations. You know, following the Ferrari finish today. Again, Carlos is consistent. We saw that. We know that. As Ferrari fans, not what we wanted to see. Well, uh, you know, there's a there's a break. You know what? Here's a positive. We get a new song from Charles. Probably. Yeah, we probably. Get What's song. it going to be called? Um, he said it was, uh, it, he already announced it. it was like MIA or whatever. I was going to say, yeah. is it MIA 23? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so I guess we'll do a full review on it once it comes out. That's the highlight of the race weekend on Charles's behalf, I think, is just the song. Yeah. I wonder how he's feeling after that. I hope this doesn't keep happening because then he's just going to have to quit F1 and just become you a know what? But music <laughs> man. Lewis had... A not so ideal season last year, yeah. and I think he's definitely he is doing so much better this yeah, year. Obviously, like these drivers, unfortunately, just go through rough patches, and Charles just might be in one, and we just have to accept it and maybe root for other drivers alongside him. Yeah, and with that, that's episode ten. We'll come back next week with a full prediction episode for Imola. Yep. We'll uh, plug our Instagram, tracktalk.pod, TikTok, follow us on tracktalkpod. And then again, check out our Etsy because we have some fun little track posters up there and it'd be fun if we had matching ones. Don't you think? I think so. (laughs) 
that's it that's all we will talk to you guys next week bye